This is Barbie Jo, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everyone. Barbie Jo here, and welcome to another episode of Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Today, we are talking about resilient ways to grow your own food. I have Dev Rivers with us today, and she is a kitchen garden coach and edible landscape consultant. She helps city and suburban residents connect with nature and grow their own food with more joy and less work using kitchen regenerative gardening principles. Her mission is to teach Intentional Gardeners, How to Live Abundantly from Edible Landscapes that Heal Our Planet, Fill the Pantry, and Nourish the Soul. I love this subject. Okay, welcome, Dev. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. I have always been a nature girl. I grew up in the Illinois cornfields, and I was kind of the girl that always saw the dandelions as wishes and not weeds. And then later when I got into my adult life, um, I traveled to Hawaii and I did my college years in Hawaii. And then I went to live in Alaska. And it was really living in these beautiful places and connecting with nature and seeing all of the wildlife that was there that made me want to go deeper into that. And also to protect it and to kind of protect these precious lands, this wilderness that I enjoyed being in. But it was also where I was able to see the potential for the growth of food and the gathering of food and how we can do this in a way that is aligned with nature, less work for us, but still brings really positive things into the kitchen, into our life, and into the way we are doing our day. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I can't even tell you how intimidating gardening can be, but you just made it sound so magical. Okay, let's dive in. How can we even get started? Well, this is one of my favorite things to bring up because a lot of people, like you said, are very intimidated by gardening and think that it has to be complicated or they have to do fancy processes. And this is just not the case. One of the things I help people do is just create a garden right out of their lawn without tilling, without digging, and a lot of heavy lifting. So the thing that I use is permaculture. And permaculture is really a mimicking of our natural ecosystems. And what we see in natural ecosystems is a lot of the native plants and the perennial plants, which come back year after year. And so when we start to bring these kind of natural plants um, that produce year after year into our gardens, into our garden designs, then we really create these low maintenance, abundant gardens. And so these are things like berries and herbs and lots of things that are actually very expensive in the grocery store. 
but that can be propagated easily from other people who have these plants, or you can even harvest these plants um, ethically from the wild, and then just start out with them in your garden. So I think the real first step is just to begin thinking about what you love to eat and what you would love to grow, and knowing that wherever you are in the world, whatever scale, whatever size space you have, it's possible to just start with one seed. So whether that is putting, you know, a little bit of basil into a pot on the windowsill, that is an awesome step. If you are ready to plant an apple tree and think about something like a food forest, then that is also a place to start. So just having an idea of what you love to eat and how you can go about growing those things. I love that. A food forest. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. All right. Well, talk to us a little bit about regenerative gardening and permaculture. Yeah. So basically the concept with permaculture comes from a mixture of two words, permanent and agriculture. And the idea with um, the founding of this movement was that in our industrialized agriculture system, we focus on planting crops every year, going out and doing the hard labor, you know, worrying that those crops are going to pull through. You know, growing up in Illinois, I saw this so much with the farmers. Was the corn going to make it? Was it knee high by the 4th of July? And the idea with permaculture, like I said, is to mimic nature. So really what we're doing is we're creating a permanent agriculture or something that's a lot less work for us. But in doing this, in not tilling the soil, in not having to plant and put in this heavy labor every year, we are actually being regenerative to the soil, to the biodiversity of the ecosystem. And regenerative agriculture is kind of gaining momentum as a movement. But really the concept with regenerative agriculture is that we do as little disturbance to the soil as necessary. We cover the soil and this helps to um, sequester carbon into the soil and actually reverse climate change over time. So it's also a really great way for us as people to connect to the land, to connect to this regeneration by bringing it out of the big farms and right into our backyards in these small, manageable ways. And the other thing we want to do is we really want to um, eliminate this flood fire and drought cycle that we have going on. And I know many of us have experienced this worldwide. And, you know, this is what we want to focus on is protecting the soil, making the soil do the work for us and having the soil be healthy and growing in this way, using permaculture concepts. We, in fact, bring about this regeneration, this restoration to the soil that then makes our gardens and our growing spaces more abundant in the long run. Wow. Okay. So I love this whole concept that you don't have to dig up your ground or till your ground. You could just start with your lawn. Yeah. Okay, so then is this when you would bring in compost and how do you use compost in your garden or why should you use it? Yeah, so compost is one of my favorite sciencey nerdy topics. I absolutely love it. But it is really the key to a 
healthy, abundant, diverse garden um, and regenerating this soil. And exactly that, we don't have to till. What I do is I usually just go out, I will site an area in someone's garden or in someone's lawn that is ready to be a garden. And I will just lay down um, a thick layer of cardboard Right. And then essentially what you do is you just build up without any digging, you build up on top of this cardboard. So you want to be creating essentially a large compost pile, which is going to become your garden bed. And as these materials break down, so you're doing layers of things like food scraps and maybe spent grain from a brewery, or there might be a coffee shop in your area that would normally just throw away the used coffee grounds. But those are rich in nitrogen and can feed our garden beds. So we just do layer after layer of this. And we essentially create this big compost pile, which over time, through the soil microorganisms and through the bacteria and the beneficial um, biotics that are in there, basically what we have is we have soil. So we've generated and built soil and we have wonderful compost that is um, nutrient rich which then means our plants grow that much more healthy. They're more resistant to disease and pests and things that would normally affect a crop. And we just keep adding that compost on to keep the garden bed healthy long-term. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. My mind is just blown. Okay. So let's talk about the types of things you would recommend starting with planting. Absolutely. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of edibles. So edibles is really where I focus my energy. But the thing is, is that when I started out, I really thought, oh, you know, the garden has to be functional. You know, the veggie patch has to produce. This is also a a principle of permaculture is to obtain a yield, right? If we're going to put all this work into it, we want to get something out of it. And so one of the ways that I've kind of opened my gardening practice is to look at what I can grow for food that you might not even think of as food in the first place. So these are things like edible flowers, right? I absolutely love to have flowers. And I used to think, oh, there isn't really space for that. It's not useful enough. But then when I really tapped into this concept of regeneration, right? And realizing that flowers make our gardens more resilient. They make them more biodiverse. They bring in the beneficial insects, right? They attract pollinators as well as repelling the pests and things that we don't want. So I really highly recommend when you're getting started, don't limit yourself and think about things that you maybe wouldn't normally think of. Like what are edible flowers that you could have? So these would be things like calendula and borage and nasturtiums um, that really have a wide range of uses. You can be making things like salad dressings and soups and um, you know, using them to make pesto. If you want to have something stored for winter, for instance, if you want to be eating from your garden year round and you live in a climate where you can't be growing year round. So thinking about some easy flowers, some easy edible flowers like that. Um, and then also branching out to the other uses of those. You know, calendula is wonderful to make 
a natural hand salve or a lip balm. And these plants have wonderful healing properties in them. So starting with things like that. And when it comes to vegetables, um, I really recommend starting with easy things like beans and peas and things that will produce abundantly for you and will grow quickly. Because I notice when people start out with gardening, we really want some of that instant gratification, some of that immediate success. And the other thing that is wonderful is to kind of give yourself a challenge of maybe growing your own salad for a set amount of time in the year, you know. And this is something that um, lettuces will do really well in a wide range of temperatures, come in all sorts of colors and kind of flavors. And so that's a really fun place to get started. So I would really start with flowers and salads and some of those easy crops like peas and beans as well. Great information. Great. Okay. So what's the difference between organic and regenerative? So this is a really interesting concept because when something is organic, it means that we are not using any chemicals. So this might be something like an herbicide or a weed killer. Um, So this is sprayed on a lot of our industrial crops, right? Because we want to grow the crop, but not the weeds in between the rows. And so those are things like herbicide, um, also things like pesticide, which actually go after the, the bugs and the things that are trying to eat our vegetables. So organic means that we are not spraying those chemicals. We're not using those materials. Regenerative takes it a step further and says we aren't going to do any of that. But in the way that we are growing, by not tilling, by covering the land with mulch, by integrating animals in our growing systems, we're going to actually go beyond sustainability and we're going to regenerate. So we're going to increase our level of um, soil microbes. We're going to build up soil over time. And the thing is, is that soil is a marvelous sponge. And so with all of this flood and drought issue that we have, this is really a sign of poor soil. And so regeneration means that we are going to actually, whatever land we're tending, we're going to restore and regenerate it to a higher state. Okay, that is very interesting because I had never heard the word regenerative gardening until today. So I'm loving this whole concept. All right, now what do abundance and scarcity have to do with a garden design? Well, this is something I think is really fun. And I think people, like you said, you know, they haven't heard of these terms. They're not really sure what I mean when I talk about this. And they kind of think, well, is that like an abundance of crops or am I, are things going to be scarce to grow? And really what this is, is a mindset about what is possible in our gardens, right? And when we think of a scarcity mindset, we're kind of thinking that there's not enough, you know, there's not enough seeds. I'm not going to produce enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough space to do something. And when we shift to abundance, we open ourselves to these resources that really have been there all along, but we maybe haven't tapped into. And so I really challenge people when they're thinking about their design to first go out and just observe their space, right? And not give any judgment to it, 
but just observe what they see around them in their lawn. Um, you know, what is, what are, what are the boundaries? What are the parameters in which they're working in? Right. And how can we keep these open? Um, to allow more abundance to come in, right? And this, I think, is a perfect, goes back to my example with the flowers, right? When I was only thinking of growing vegetables, I was limiting my abundance, right? When I said, hang on, I can have flowers in a vegetable garden. I can allow that abundance. And in actuality, it's brought on even more abundance by being open to it in the first place. So I think this is really an important shift to go from scarcity and there's not enough and I can't do it and the possibility isn't there to anything is possible. And we say in permaculture that, you know, the design is only limited by the knowledge or the imagination of the designer, right? And so just believing in nature, that nature is abundant and she's there to provide for us and all we have to do is tap into it. I love that. Oh my gosh, this is so good. This is inspiring me to go start today. My own. I garden. think you should get out there. Let's do it. <laughs> I will. I'm so, in- I'm so motivated now. Okay, now let's talk about people that don't have the space. Maybe they're in an apartment. Maybe they live in the city. Maybe they don't have much of a yard. How can they grow more food in less space? So this is really the time to tap into the possibilities that you have in containers. Um, I live in Switzerland now, um, and so many people here are in kind of high-rise buildings in the city with just a small balcony. Maybe they don't even have an outside space and they only have a windowsill in the kitchen or living room or dining room. And um, the thing that I really recommend starting out with in these kinds of small spaces are things like herbs because they are not picky about um, their conditions nearly so much as some of those other vegetables that need a lot of space. And there are things that if you don't have the climate to keep plants outside all the time, actually bring a wonderful benefit into the home when you bring them in indoors. Um, And, you know, just if you're having a moment where you have a headache or something, you can get that mint plant and brew yourself um, a cup of uh, fresh mint tea. Or you can, you know, grab a sprig of rosemary and, you know, rub it in your fingers or add it into a soup or rice or whatever you're cooking. But just adding in these herbs um, really helps you if you're in a small space. And um, it's a great place to start. That's a great idea. And it makes your kitchen beautiful and I'm sure smell lovely. Absolutely. And I love the aromatherapy of herbs. And it's really just this kind of hidden, this hidden abundance um, when we start growing things like that, because it's just there for the taking. And again, when we bring it in, it's right there in the kitchen and we're so much more likely to use it. That's so good and very true. So when it's at your fingertips, yeah, you're going to be using it. You're going to be throwing it into your recipes. I love this concept. Okay, now what about designing an energy-efficient garden? How would you go about doing that? So this really comes down to looking at the natural energies that are happening, right? We have, we can kind of think about this in terms of the elements that are around, right? Where is the sun coming from? Where is the water flowing, right? So working with nature, right? Working with what's already happening where you are and catching and storing that energy. So for instance, a lot of us have 
a wonderful possibility to catch water right off of our roofs. And I was in a great workshop where they were talking about, you know, water catchment and being energy efficient with water. And I know this is such an issue for people where they are, you know, rationing water and you can't water the garden. But they were saying in the workshop, if you have a bucket and a sky, you have a way to catch water, right? And so it's just tuning in to this, right? And these little changes that we could make, right? Um, you know, setting a bucket out and allowing it when it does rain to fill up and then using that to water the garden rather than always having to take tap water, um, you know, or looking at where is the sun coming in my property? You know, if you have a limited space, really looking at, how can I catch and store and use the energy that is already there? So for instance, having something that's on a sunnier wall, that's a great place to start things earlier in spring to get more out of your growing season um, because it makes a kind of microclimate where it heats up sooner, it stays warmer longer and extends your season. So really just looking at the natural patterns that are there and how you can maximize those. Okay, that's awesome. I've never, this would have never crossed my mind. So this is really a cool way to appreciate the elements, the natural elements. How can we create a garden with free materials? Well, this is where I love to upcycle. I am an upcycler girl and I'm also really big on community. And so I think what we need to recognize is where waste for one person can be a resource for somebody else. So just like I was saying with my method of creating garden beds out of a lawn using cardboard, right? Lots of people are throwing out cardboard every day, or maybe they are taking it to the recycling center, but we can go and get that. And now we can create a weed barrier in a garden for free right? What can we be doing? Where can we get these other resources? Going to the coffee shops, asking if they're just going to throw out the coffee grounds, going to a local brewery and asking if they're going to get rid of those spent grains, asking a neighbor if you could rake up their leaves in order to use that as a layer in your garden bed, um, taking your grass clippings and instead of having them hauled away, laying them out and using that as a nitrogen rich layer to build up a garden bed. So just kind of beginning to see where these materials are, what kinds of materials we want to be collecting. So all of this organic matter, right? Grass clippings, spent grains, food scraps, you know, and then cardboard, um, even, you know, newspaper, anything like that, where things are going to be recycled or thrown away. If it's organic, how can we use it in the garden? How can we build a garden using those free materials? This is so good. Okay, now one last question. Where do you recommend finding seeds? I love to get seeds from companies that have open pollinated seeds. So this is something like um, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds or High Mowing Seeds is another wonderful company, um, Territorial Seeds. So the thing I recommend is looking in your area as well, wherever you're growing. Because here in Switzerland, for instance, we have two companies. We have one called Zollinger and we have another one called Sativa. And the thing is, when you go in your local company, you are likely 
likely to be getting seeds that will do well in your climate. So rather than just going to the big box stores and the supermarkets where they have the seeds, but they don't necessarily have the seeds for your area. So going and looking around in, you know, maybe a local nursery um, or, or doing a little research online of what, uh, which one of those seed companies that I mentioned is in your area, then you can find things that are really meant for your climate and will be more hardy and resilient in your growing area. Such a great tip. Okay, tell us how we can find you. Well, I am on Instagram as Invincible Gardens because I believe that gardens are invincible. It's not that they're perfect, but they do keep overcoming whatever we throw at them. If I was not out in my garden, it would keep going. And so you can find me on Instagram there. And I also have a private Facebook community where I teach every week about my gardening tips and my gardening methods. And that is called Wild Roots Learning. And you can find me on Facebook there. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for being with us today. I think this is such an amazing topic that not a lot of us know a whole lot about. So Really appreciate you being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now. 